0: Hello and welcome to the "So You Want to Be a Marine Biologist" podcast, where we learn about the ocean, share sea stories, and explore ocean careers. I'm your host, Kara Musia. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, mermaids, pirates, ocean lovers, and land lovers! Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm interviewing Alex Eng, a sophomore at McAllister College. Though she is an undergrad, Alex has already gained invaluable experience through internships. She offers excellent lessons for those who are interested in starting their career, whether it's in marine biology or another field. As always, there are tidbits for all ocean lovers in this episode. Alex's internships have brought her behind the scenes in zoos as a penguin caretaker, gained her access to groundbreaking research in a Columbia University lab, and more, Alex is also a bit of a book aficionado and has provided some book recommendations at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Without further ado, here's Alex. Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast and welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: I want to start off with one of my very favorite questions to ask because I feel like it's a really great Mm -hmm. icebreaker. What is your favorite sea creature and why?
1: Got it. So, this, I was thinking about this question a lot actually, but Actually, like when I think about it, when people ask me, I always say jellyfish," and I'm even getting a jellyfish tattooed on me, hopefully this summer. Mm. yeah, I just spend a lot of time. I think they're just really like overlooked sea creatures. They're very majestic and very complex, but they look very simple. Um and I don't know, ever since like I read about them, like when I was little, I used to read marine biology books, like those little encyclopedias and everything, and like look at the pictures and be like totally mesmerized by them. So definitely jellyfish and I can't choose a specific one, but I every time I go to the aquarium I always look for the upside down jellyfish.
0: Mm, the Cassiopeia.
1: Yeah. So I love that. And also, if you want to read a book about jellyfish, you should read Spineless by Julie Berwald. That's it's amazing.
0: Okay. Is that fiction or nonfiction?
1: It's it's kind of like narrative, like very anecdotes, but also a little bit of like science in it so it i would say nonfiction slash fiction but it's like easy to read it's not like super jargon filled um and i think it just gives you this whole different perspective on like the importance of jellyfish which i thought was really interesting because like if i'm gonna read a whole book about jellyfish i want it to be like interesting and like filled with like anecdotes and stories
0: right yeah scientific reading even for scientists can sometimes be hard to wade through so it's nice some anecdotes wonderful Mm -hmm. well i'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes for sure (laughs) But you said you're going to get a jellyfish tattoo, so you have to have selected one.
1: Well, I think, okay, so I basically just pulled inspiration off Pinterest, but (laughs) the one that I'm getting looks like a lion's mane, so Mm -hmm. hopefully, I, I mean, I didn't intend to have like a specific jellyfish, it was just my love of the ocean kind of encapsulated in a tattoo, and I thought the jellyfish represented that really well, so yeah.
0: Yeah, wonderful. I'm also excited kind to of see whenever to
1: get like an upside down jellyfish tattoo.
0: <laughs> they are they are kind of funny looking. They don't look yeah. like a traditional jellyfish. Yeah, <laughs> so that makes sense. You'd have to explain it all the time. Like people would be like, "What's that on your arm? Whereas, you know a meat yeah. Is pretty much a, you know you could tell it's a jellyfish at least.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You are in your undergrad at McAllister University and mm-hmm. you're studying marine or excuse me environmental science, but you have mm-hmm. already had quite a lot of experience. Internships at the Bronx Zoo, the Como Zoo. Uh, You said you had a research assistantship in marine biolab already. So could you kind of explain how you you got these internships and what they were like for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. So I feel like I know it's so I'm studying environmental it's actually environmental studies so it's a lot of humanity based and I think it very much veers away from science Well, science in the terms of like biology um and like a lot of the like being in a scientific laboratory kind of science it's more humanities looking at policy and I personally really like the side of policy in terms of like uh even marine biology the subject like creating policy for the ocean um and its inhabitants, but basically I wanted to go to undergrad. I My Calister college was kind of like my dream school, but I was choosing actually between University of Miami in here because mm-hmm. they have a really great program. Um, but I just felt that the school fit me better. So I'm here for undergrad, but basically throughout high school, I kind of knew for sure that I wanted to do marine biology in undergrad and like as a career, as my career choice. Um, okay. And I guess when I figured that out, I'm I'm the type of kid, I Google a lot, and I guess I was just Googling, like, I always, like, even just on Google, I will go, like, marine biology internships, because obviously something has to come up, and I would type in, like, my area, and things would show up, um, but in terms of, like, opportunities, I guess in high school, you're kind of, you get this kind of mindset that everyone's doing something, and you have to do something, too. Like, there's academics, but then there's also the extracurriculars, where kids are, like, getting stuff to put on their resumes or finding their interests so that they actually know where they want to go for college. Um, so I wanted to explore things that weren't available at my school. Actually, interesting enough, though, my high school did have a marine biology class.
0: Mm. And yeah. where was high school?
1: I went to high school at, uh, at Bronx High School of Science in New York. Okay. Yeah. So we so had a marine biology
0: class. like too, too far from the ocean, but you're not, you're not like right on the coast either. So.
1: Oh yeah. When I, for sure and like I live in a suburban area in New York so it's not really like I didn't go to the beach every weekend I wasn't really exposed like when people talk about their experience and why they like love nature so much it's like oh because as a child I was so immersed in it but actually I was in a very sea I was in New York City so um, <laughs> very urban it's it was like I wasn't exposed a lot to the ocean but I don't know mostly my love came from like reading about it and I guess when you're living far away from it it makes you want to go there even more and it's like more powerful
0: it uh it ignited yeah. your sense of wonder yes it so does yeah. that it does that for most people even when you see it all the time too <laughs> it's I, very oh captivating. my gosh
1: it's, I feel like it's nice to have like something to aspire to or like a dream like when I like dream about being a marine biologist it's like I'm dreaming about like going to these places and like seeing all these different creatures so I guess that's something to like aspire to it's like nice to have like something to look up to
0: absolutely so when you say you want to go to these different places and see these creatures what pops into your mind
1: um definitely okay I remember the first time though this is like so contradictory but the first time I went snorkeling I actually like jumped into like the open ocean and I had like a panic attack (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to be a marine biologist if I can't even face, like, the ocean? Because <laughs> it's obviously a lot scarier in person than what you, like, read about and what you see. Um, but yeah, it's I don't... It's
0: expansive.
1: Yeah, it's super super expansive. And, like, it's like you know what you know about the ocean, but there's also what you don't know about the ocean. And that, that scares me. And I guess I didn't realize that until, like, I was actually in the environment. And I'm like, oh, my God,
0: <laughs> I could get
1: eaten by a shark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you see any sharks in your first first dive in the ocean? I actually did.
1: We were I was I had my GoPro and we were filming and then my GoPro was pointed down, but actually when I look back at the footage, um, because uh I posted like a vlog and when I look back at the GoPro footage, there was a shark swimming under me. Hmm. Yeah, and it's when nurse. yeah you can see it very clearly. And I don't know what type of shark it was. I still don't know to this day, but I would very much like to find out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can you can you clearly see the shark, or is it just kind of the classical shape?
1: It's you can clearly see it, and it's it's kind of smaller. So I'm guessing like a reef shark. And this is in Florida, and I I haven't I actually haven't put much work into it, but I feel like if I really looked at it, I could probably find out what it is
0: you, you might have to send me that video I'll have a look yes
1: for sure it's on my <laughs> youtube channel
0: okay I'll go check your youtube channel we'll, we'll see we'll figure this out
1: mm-hmm.
0: so okay so you with your first internship at the bronx zoo yes. did you you just popped into google and was like marine biology internship in bronx mm-hmm. and this popped up
1: Well, for the Bronx Zoo, so I went to school in the Bronx, and I was looking for something to do. I believe this was, it was the year of 2016. Yeah, during 2016. So I believe I was a sophomore in high school or junior. I'm totally blanking out. But I wanted, I knew the zoo had opportunities, like as most uh, zoos and aquariums, they have like internships or volunteer opportunities. And actually, the internship I mean, not the internship, the opportunity that I found was called the Wildlife Conservation Corps. So it wasn't directly working in the zoo as like a trainer or uh, working with the animals, but it was working with a group within the Wildlife Conservation Society. And we were specifically working on like microbeads and like communicating to the public, like why microbeads are bad and getting a ban on it and how they can affect the ocean. Mm. Yeah, so that first internship was mostly kind of like communication um with like hints of marine biology because we took a lot of trips like um we learned a lot about the like the environment the marine environment from like scientists and everything because we were like fighting for that so we needed to know like the background but other than that that was my first experience and it was kind of more like social media communication based
0: right and it's interesting because it's also policy based now what was the result what was the result you you did these studies you took these trips you met with these scientists and microbeads are a huge issue in the marine environment now was Mm -hmm. there a policy outcome from this
1: i believe well okay while we were doing the campaign i believe something was passed um and i don't remember what it is but i remember that our whole entire program was the accumulation, in the end, we were trying to host a Youth Ocean Conservation Summit, which was at the New York Aquarium. And it was basically where like a bunch of youths came out and like did a bunch of like activities and there were scientists there and ways that they could connect. And I think definitely with like, as being the arranger for these types of events, because we were like like, young adults creating an event for young adults Mm -hmm. um, and opening them up to these opportunities where like it would be hard to find elsewhere. Right. Yeah.
0: That's wonderful. It's really special when you can uh, create these outreach events and expose people to things that they have an impact on and may not even realize it. It's a really mm-hmm. special moment when you can do that. So was this internship kind of pivotal for you? Like you, and you really enjoyed it? the outreach and the education aspect and was that what prompted you to kind of go into the more policy side of things because it's super important policy is an integral part of marine biology Mm -hmm. or marine science
1: Um, when i look back i maybe i think so i i think as my first internship i definitely enjoy i all my internships i just have to say now like i love to pieces i think they all taught me something And like I said at the beginning, I think what's good about doing multiple or like more than like two or three is that you get a taste of what you like and you don't like and that can help you in like your future career. Um, I think for me, it kind of actually steered me away from the education side. I know for sure, like um, through working with like the Bronx Zoo and like the Wildlife Conservation Corps is that I like communication and I like communicating things to like the younger generation but also empowering my generation but at the same time, I learned more about education, too, because we t- we spoke to teachers and educators, and I, like, found out through that that I do not want to, like, go into that academia side or, like, teaching marine biology. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, finding out what you don't like is just as important as finding out oh, what you sure. don't like. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> just uh-huh.
0: cross it off the list. Mm-hmm. So this this internship was while you were still in high school. Yes. Wow, that's really impressive.
1: It was fun time.
0: And how long was this, did this encompass the rest of your high school career?
1: So this one was for six months. Um, I believe I did it in the spring, like semester. So I think it was from January. No, it was like November. And I think to like April or something. I don't remember. This is so long ago. Wow.
0: Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So So you were in high school for this internship. Now, Now, were you able to get another internship while you were in high school?
1: Yeah, so, wow. Um, So I think it was my junior year over the summer um, or during the school year, I was a field biology intern for the Alley Pond Environmental Center. And that was completely different because it had nothing really like direct uh, in line with like marine biology. But it taught me a lot about like it was see that one was like an environmental educator one. And I definitely found out that I did not want to do environmental education.
0: (laughs) Cemented that (laughs) and we're done there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was like, um, this is like cool. And I like appreciate all like them teaching me like techniques for like teaching other people. But it was it was just something that I didn't personally enjoy.
0: Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you're in Minnesota for school. Mm -hmm. Is that why you chose to work at the como zoo we're gonna internship the como zoo
1: so i actually so i thought that I, I when i was doing research too again about like my new area whenever i'm in a new area i always like do research about like cool i'm like a I, I just like like marine biology stuff and i just like look around for stuff and i'm like okay we don't have an aquarium what do we have that's closer to that a zoo um okay so
0: thought- you're online looking for this are you just googling like whatever city that you're in and science or like ocean or any like what are you googling what are you looking up
1: oh yeah i'm just googling i'm literally going on google and this is what i also did for this coming summer so this coming summer i'm on the lookout for like new internships because i'm just ready to work and also to keep in mind that these uh programs start accepting applications early in february like january february so people Mm -hmm. don't usually realize that when they're looking for summer internships because it's like oh it's like so far away like I don't need to hand that in until March and April but they actually usually collect um, applications from like January or February but I basically just go Google and look up marine biology like internships in my area and look up the specific area and now that I'm an undergraduate I'm looking up marine biology REUs which are research experience for undergraduates I believe I believe that's the Great. So
0: what would an REU gain you as part as part of being an undergrad? What benefit does that have for you besides just getting more experience? But any internship would do that, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, all my internships, I would say, I think every internship so far, except for the Bronx Zoo one, I actually don't remember, but most internships that I've taken on have been unpaid. Um, and reason being, I know it's pretty privileged to be able to take on unpaid internships. And I know that as an undergraduate, um, like we should be getting paid for our like work and our, for our time, of course, because we're also busy people. We're college students trying to get a degree. Um, but I also feel like, um, the ones that don't pay, it's like, they can't pay. Like it might be a startup or, um, like low income like these most of these jobs so I personally don't mind and I feel like I get more experience because um usually when I'm being paid for something I usually tend to like have a different mindset for that job and I'm thinking that like I have to like put all my actually where am I going with this I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole different conversation about like unpaid and paid internships
0: no, and it's, and it's, it's an important one. So I would yeah. like to expand on that a little bit, because I, mm-hmm. in my day, um, in my day, when I had internships, they were paid, um, for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, I d- definitely volunteered quite a bit. I volunteered during my undergrad, I volunteered even, I volunteered several times during my undergrad with different places. But mm-hmm. I did have paid internships during my undergrad. And it seems that, the tide has shifted. And I do think that funding plays a huge role in that. Um, absolutely. And I also think that internships have changed quite a bit. So if they're able to pay you, it might be some grunt work that like they don't really want to do. It might just be data entry. Whereas if it's an unpaid internship, you might be able to, there there might be a little bit more compassion for you because you're donating your time. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So you may have more opportunities given to you. Um, I definitely feel like that's the case when I've, I've seen that, um, you just, you know, you realize that everybody has finite amounts of time and they're donating their time. So you want to make it more worth their while and maybe you get an extra experience or two out of it. Is that something that you've noticed?
1: Yeah, this is actually going off of that. Um, this recent internship, the Como Zoo one, it actually put me like, it made me really think about like paid internships, um, and that kind of the, the, the dichotomy, um, because Como Zoo is actually a free zoo, so like mm. anyone can enter and it's free. And I believe it is state funded, so I know that they don't have as many resources um, as, like, say, the Minnesota Zoo, where you pay like twenty-five dollars for entrance um, as an entrance fee. Uh, and there are the Como Zoo does take donations, but as as I said, it's donations, and you're not paying a fee to to keep it operating. The state is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how the funding works behind the scenes, but actually during my internship. I thought because it wasn't paid, it was going to be in terms of like stereo, like it's a stereotype, like if it's not paid, it's gonna, the value is going to be less. But actually, that was probably the most I've ever learned in that in an internship at the coma one where I wasn't paid, because they, they really made me do the work and made me take so so much responsibility. And they, they, I learned stuff there that I will never learn, like in school, or in any other internship that I've learned before and that was me working directly with the animals and getting an experience that like I should be like people mm-hmm. like you know yeah that's the, the normally a person would pay for but you know
0: what were some of the responsibilities that you had while you're working at the zoo
1: so i was fe- i feed the penguins and the puffins um that was fun. And, yeah i know it was it was great and then i also one thing I was responsible for was the enrichment and enrichment is kind of like ways to like enrich their daily lives. Like whether it's like putting something new in their environment, um, like putting sensory things. Like I made like, I made like wind chimes out of bamboo and I put them in the penguin habitat. Um, And I think those kind of things, like watching the behavior of animals and seeing how they interact and how that can like aid into like us knowing more about them and like how to like you know write more conservation uh, to the converse- conservation side like you know appealing to the general audience
0: absolutely yeah you so you bring up a point that i definitely wanted to talk about today mm-hmm. zoos have a little bit of a controversy behind them on one hand and it's actually both conservation related so on one hand you have zoos are wonderful because you have these wild animals like penguins and puffins, or I saw they even had a snow leopard um, that you would never see. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and one thing with conservation, you tend to protect what, you know, protect what you love. However, the other side, and, and so you're exposing people to something that they would never have seen before and hopefully engaging them in a way that would make them want to protect the earth or protect this particular animal, because they may have formed some sort of bond or compassion for it. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you have, you know, it's a wild animal and it's in captivity and there's all sorts of controversy around it. Um, so what was your experience working at the zoo with these kind of different mindsets?
1: Sure. Um, I think to begin with, when I started, when I took on this internship, I think the Bronx Zoo was kind of different because I wasn't really working with the animals, so I never was in, like, an animal habitat. I worked in, like, the offices and was working to create policy to, like, save animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but komwazo was really completely different because I was a marine, uh, what is it called, marine animal intern, and I was directly working with the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that completely changed my view. I think, for starters, it, it's not lost on me that, like, these are animals in captivity, um, and it's not natural, But at the same time, as someone who's looking towards the future and like policy and like conservation, I know definitely most of the animals that we were working with could not be uh, introduced back into the natural environment because they were harmed in some way and they were hurt and they couldn't be, like if they were to to be put back into the wild, they wouldn't survive. So that's another point that some people don't take into account. But I think Mm -hmm. also in terms of my experience, I was actually completely baffled. I had heard, of course, everyone goes into like when they hear about zoos, thinking about only the worst things because of like what, what has made headlines and like what is being told. But actually, I was working under, I believe, wow, I'm forgetting, like five to six different zookeepers and they were all women. And what I saw was this bond actually created between the zookeepers and the animals where it was like a very motherly and like familial kind of relationship that was forming here like the animals like knew, like when one zookeeper would come near the door one one of the like animals like uh, i'm talking about the penguin here but um his name is cupid and he would run towards the door because he knew that she was there um and every all of these animals have like their own personalities and the zookeepers know that like they keep track of their personalities. It's like a real relationship rather than just like a job. Like they come here every morning, especially in Minnesota. And Como Zoo is open 365 days a year, like winter snow. I remember we had a polar vortex where it was like negative 40 and the zookeeper still showed up and I was there too. And we were still taking care of the animals because we genuinely cared for them rather than it just being like a mandatory thing and like for doing it for a job.
0: Mm-hmm. It's- yeah,
1: so that was just my experience.
0: No, it's a great behind the scenes and a, and a great insight to that. So one other thing I want to highlight about zoos and aquariums, I'm going to mm-hmm. lump them in there as well, is that they tend to do uh, a lot of m- more than just the displays. They can be rehab facilities. So SeaWorld has kind of gotten a bad name recently because of blackfish and having uh, yeah. situations in captivity. However, I have definitely worked with SeaWorld um as a partner, and they do lots of they do sea turtle rehab, they do manatee rehab. They have they have a lot of programs that do good for wildlife, and they truly rehab and release. They do, not everything's mm-hmm. like kept in the aquarium. So I did want to highlight that. Did the Como Zoo have any of those programs, or was it strictly more the exhibits and caring for those creatures?
1: Um, I don't I don't know much about like what Como does. I know definitely because of their like limited funding. I don't know if they do like uh, campaigns actually they do some campaigns but I know that they also other than just the exhibits we actually had like weekly talks they're like polar bear talks and like sea lion uh, seal talks and uh, no sea lion sorry and then um, there was also penguin talks where someone would be outside and they also let me kind of get into that too as an intern like me as a young adult talking to other children and young adults as well and talking more about the conservation side. And people were like, very intuitive. They were like, oh, what can we do? And like the children, of course, when they see the penguins, they kind of are like, I wanna protect these too. So they were also asking questions. Um, And it's, I definitely think that this whole conversation with zoos and aquariums should never end. Um, And I think that right now, a lot of people, especially people who are like, are not behind the scenes and are uneducated about like what goes on um, kind of, like, fall back to, like, what the bad things are. But I think that we just need to keep the conversation going and, like, improve settings and do our best to, like, educate other people about, you know, what the good things are on like, the rehab, like you said.
0: Absolutely. Great points. Yeah. So, I want to circle back to mm-hmm. getting internships and your REUs. You brought up a really oh, great yeah. point that you want to highlight, again, the time to be looking for internships is now and you apply over your Christmas break that's your break because Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you truly need to be applying in January February so I thought that was a really good point that you brought up Um, and if you're thinking spring break I'll look you're you're not going to get anything or if you get something Mm -hmm. you're going to be like bottom of the barrel
1: hey I learned the hard way I was looking at internships and I I because basically every summer since I started working at Lamont which I could talk about too but I basically have been falling back on that one because it's like they they are welcoming me back and it's just such a nice place to work but in my search for like new internships I would I wanted to do something new last summer and actually I was I did it over my spring break and I saw that all the applications had closed, and I'm like wait what like <laughs> it's, summer's like so far away like it's in yeah so definitely keep in mind.
0: Yep, your winter break. That's the time to look for internships. I know. In January. <laughs> yeah, let's chat a little bit about uh, Lamont and does this tie into your your REUs and how does your REUs mm-hmm. tie into education?
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, Lamont, where do I start? This is probably the most life changing experience, uh, well, so let's experience with, of my life.
0: Yeah. Let's start with what is Lamont and where is okay, it located? Sure. And then what's your experience with it?
1: So the Lamont Earth uh, Observatory, wait, yes, okay. Um, The Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory is a Columbia University affiliated like laboratory where like a bunch of these scientists work under Lamont and Columbia, therefore. Um, And it's located in Palisades, New York or New Jersey it's literally on the border and I never know where it is it's like literally there's a sign that says when you drive past it's like welcome to New Jersey and welcome to New York <laughs> and I'm always so confused
0: all right but, so yeah. it's in York Jersey we'll just call mm-hmm. it
1: that yeah. <laughs> so it's in Palisades York Jersey and I worked with the they have a marine biology department like a building and I worked in the marine biology building under the mentorship of Joachim Goes and Helga Gomes, and they're two um oceanographers uh marine biologists who have just done some like amazing research um on algal blooms in the arabian sea and i was just at this experience basically they worked in like a real lab and there was like incubators and i'm like oh my god i'm a scientist <laughs> um <yeah.
0: laughs> so are there huge algal blooms in the arabian sea why are they studying this
1: oh okay so um
0: we're gonna we're well, gonna test actually, science knowledge a little bit
1: yeah we're gonna talk a little bit so actually what's unique about this lab and why I was so interested was because they're studying a mixotrophic mixotrophic species um called noctilucocintillins um okay. and basically yeah
0: what's a mixotrophic species? okay
1: what's a mixotrophic species it's basically a species um that can obtain nutrients by photosynthesis but also by consuming like other organisms uh so think of yeah so like we think of plants but also kind of not a plant because it can also eat other organisms and uh you know get nutrients from that um so yeah uh not basically at that point, I think still now, they were the only lab in the entire world who were, was able to culture this mixotros- mixotrophic species from the Arabian Sea in their laboratory setting. Hmm. Um, and they therefore they were basically pioneering all the research about the species. Um, one that people don't know much about, it's an invasive species and people are just very like, they, there's like so little research about it and therefore people don't know how to stop this like potentially dangerous species. Interesting. Yeah,
0: where is it negative to if it's invasive to the Arabian Sea?
1: Um, we were studying the. I know the original sample they got was from the coast of Oman.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I know very little about where the original sample came from. I just know that we just we have a laboratory. Um, supply. Oh my god, it's like so cool. They're they're so cool because they're like one of the largest um, like dinoflagellates. Like they're you can see them with your naked eye. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really Have interesting.
0: Heard of them? I haven't. No, I'm learning right now. That's exciting. I know.
1: I, so I actually, the way I found them was that um, I was basically looking up a bunch of professors potentially to work with and reading up on their research. Um, I know Google, the power of Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came up upon them and Lamont. And this was after getting rejected by so many other like uh, people because obviously people are reluctant to hire like a high school student especially because I was a sophomore in high school and I was looking for a laboratory internship uh, so I was just reading up on these like bios you know how they have their like bios on their school website and I stumbled upon Helga Gomes and that's who I re- reached out to first Helga and Joaquin they worked together um, as mentors but, um, I emailed Helga and then I got a reply back from her and then I, basically my email. So setting up emails, especially I think like cold emailing, it's, I, I mean, this is another thing that I want to talk about too, like tips on how to find internships is definitely cold emailing. Mm-hmm. I think like an advantage that we have as students is that like at this day and age, people like want to hear from students. They want to hear like the input of young adults. Um, so I use my, like, power as a student, and I'm like, oh, I'm a student at, like, the Bronx High School of Science. I'm looking for internships. And then I wrote, like, this whole paragraph about their work and kind of analyzing their paper that they had put out about an optimal mm-hmm. Um, And I could tell that she was really surprised that I had read that and that I had spoken about it because she emailed back saying, oh, like, very interesting to hear what you think about it. Um, and then would you like to come in for an interview? And then at the interview, we talked a lot more about um, how, what I thought about the paper, too. So I think that's really a key point is to, like, mention things about their own research or about what specifically you're interested in, not just like an inquiry email being like, I'm interested.
0: That's a really great point. to, Because mm-hmm. cold emails can be effective. However, yes. you have to show that you are actually interested in this person, not just... Mm-hmm scattershotting a hope of an internship somewhere and not actually do research you need to actually do your research that's a great point so what are some of your responsibilities what's that oh I was
1: gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna say for people who don't know I cold dm'd for this to be on this podcast so that is just an amazing example of like if you're afraid to do it just know that no one's gonna do the work for you like you have to go out there and do it so yeah I was like oh this this podcast is so cool I just really really want to be on it as an aspiring marine biologist and I just dm'd on twitter I mean not on twitter on instagram
0: yes instagram yes Yes. and you had listened and why I was interested you listened to the podcast but also you've had some really great experiences even as an undergrad and so Mm -hmm. that's why I thought you would have value for the audience So it's a great DM and a great point that you bring up with, with reaching out, because you know what, the worst thing that could happen is one, people say no, or two, you get no response, and then you're no worse off than you were if you had not reached out anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you you get the yes, then it was totally worth it. So it's always worth a shot.
1: Literally changes your life.
0: Yes. Great points you're bringing up. So you mentioned when you reached out that you also find internships for your friends, which I thought was really funny. Actually, I laughed Mm -hmm. and um, interesting. So how do you find your friends internships? Do they come to you or are you just like, you know what? You're going to be a really great fit. I got you. I'm going to find something (laughs) for you.
1: Well, I think since just talking about like me, myself as a person who likes to go out and Google random things and search for myself, I find it it truly like i'm intrinsically motivated by um finding things for other people and just i am a someone who value who thinks experience trumps like knowledge and like well experience is knowledge and you're getting so much experience
0: yeah Mm -hmm. you're getting
1: so much experience that you can't get just from sitting in a classroom and i think that's super important so i always like to push that on people Mm -hmm. um i know i'm kind of just like you got to go out and do stuff and kind of like the just do it like do that kind of thing so but I also know personally how hard it is for people to go out and do it because a they're too busy because they don't know like the tricks of the trade or like like I said like when to apply or whatever so I take it upon myself personally to like remind them or even just to do a google search for them and like lay it out right here like here are your options you just have to apply
0: are these always marine science or environmental related mm-hmm. internships, or do you just, or you have friends that are like in the marketing world, and you're like, no, I'll, I got you too.
1: Actually, no, it's, it's actually, no, 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 yeah, they're not. I feel like I don't really know any. Sadly, don't know any of my friends that love marine biology as much as I do, or like <laughs> want to pursue it in the future. But I definitely, with my sister, like I have a twin sister. um, And she goes to Parsons, yeah she goes to, fun fact, she goes to Parsons in New York um, and she is also kind of like me, I mean we're twins, but we both (laughs) kind of have these like, like study, find internship sessions at a coffee shop and we literally just sit on a computer, look on Google, like type in stuff on Google and then like list it. So what I'll usually do is like, we'll look at things for each other. So I'll I'll look at it for her and she'll look at it for me just in case I like overlooked anything. And just because like, it's always nice to have the perspective of another person, like know what you're capable of. So Mm -hmm. like me looking stuff up for my sister, like she probably didn't think to look up some things because she didn't think she was capable of it, but me being her sister and seeing what she's done, I know her capability. So I'm looking at internships that kind of have those, uh, eligibility rules or like things that she's or like like I said like she doesn't know what she like wants so I like look up things that might interest her but she didn't know that she was interested in and then I would show her and she'd be like oh, oh this is actually really cool
0: I love this concept of mm-hmm. a internship like study sesh it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and and you really created your own support well you kind of had a built-in support system but creating that support system support system of like you know me really well. I know you really well. Let's do this. And it's something that you could even do like over Skype, right? Like you yeah. could hop on a Skype call with a friend if you don't have anybody locally and be like, all right, what do you want to do? What are your strengths? And like get on. And do- I really like that idea a lot. I think everybody should do it with. Uh,
1: yeah. Do it with me.
0: Yeah. I'm going to hit up Alex like <laughs> do a strategy yeah. session with Alex.
1: I have like an email so basically I think it was last it was actually like the beginning of this year before school even started I was looking up REUs that happened this past summer and that that had been completed because obviously your next assumption would be that they're looking for people for the next summer so Mm -hmm. I looked at the completed ones and I basically drafted myself an email so I like sending I'm that kind of person who sends themselves emails like with reminders REUs literally it says REUs to apply to next summer and I have it I also uh, put like a, what is it called? Like a scheduling draft where you can send it a specific date and like it's going to send like during my winter break Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see it. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I have to apply. But yeah, it was basically just a compilation of all like the internships that I'm interested in, that I was interested in last summer and that I should be thinking about for this coming summer.
0: That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of wonderful technologies that you can like send reminders to yourself later. Uh, calendars. Yeah. Calendars are great reminders or sending yeah. yourself a scheduled email. I use Boomerang a lot. It's great.
1: Oh, Boomerang.
0: Boomerang. Do you, if, it works on Gmail. I don't know if it works for other servers, probably, mm-hmm. but it works really well for Gmail. Mm-hmm. Well, you have offered quite a quite a lot of nuggets for people that are looking looking to get out into the internship world or even the job world because a lot of what you a lot of your techniques and tactics are really applicable in looking for jobs even so Mm -hmm. that's great um what is one of my favorite one of my other favorite questions to ask is what your favorite field story or stories to tell is and for you I feel like it's going to be what's your favorite on the job story so you get to pick Mm -hmm. from all your myriad of experiences and, and it can be like the best day. Like you just had the coolest interaction with an animal and you can't even believe that happened or like, like a penguin threw up in your face and somehow you (laughs) spotted it. Like it was really awful at the time, but like, now I'm telling a really great story.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I have my, I think, I think by far the best one would definitely be when I was at Como Zoo and I actually had to learn the names of all the penguins and just be able to distinguish them on the spot because they actually have different uh, diets because some had like medicine they had to take and I had to make sure that I fed them correctly. And I think that prime moment when I had remembered all their names and i was in there with a zookeeper and she was making sure that i like it was kind of like a test to be able because until you know all their names you don't get to feed them alone so you don't get to like be there without a zookeeper so i think that Mm -hmm. moment when they gave me the thumbs up and they were like um they were like oh i could i just remember that day they were just like you're good and then i fed them until then like for the next five months i was feeding them by myself and like creating like a bond with them Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I go back, I just oh, it's just like a, such a rewarding moment
0: that's really yeah. special. And is the and reason why to- you had to memorize their names is so that you wouldn't underfeed or overfeed certain ones? You kind of had knew which ones you were feeding?
1: yeah that and also some of them have medication so we pill the fish and then you have to directly ha- like hand feed them the fish because if you just leave it in the like bowl they they the chances are they won't eat it and therefore they won't get the medicine that they're like is crucial for them
0: right it's like a dog with peanut yeah. butter peanut yeah if your dog yeah. won't pill you put it in peanut butter chances are they'll take yeah. it
1: yeah <laughs> if you it, take
0: it's me. medicine you put it in a fish <laughs>
1: I also have a Worst Field story that I'm really excited to share. All right. Let's hear it. All right. All right. So I was invited from by the Wildlife Conservation Society. This is like a once like, I was like so thrilled. After my internship with the Bronx Zoo, I was kind of like in their system. And they asked like people who wanted to go. They were teaming up with O-Search. I don't know if you've ever heard of them.
0: I have. O-Search is incredible to follow. Yes. They tag white sharks. Everybody yes, so, should go check them out. <laughs>
1: so they're they invited us on this like special, so they were in New York. Osearch was, I think on the coast and mm-hmm. they, Osearch was teaming up with the WCS and then WCS invited some like youth um, alumni back. I think it was a group of like seven of us. And they said, do you want to go on the boat and help with ident- like finding sharks? And I'm like, uh, "I was, yes. I was, this opportunity is just amazing, but it goes downhill. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> don't, don't worry. <laughs> it sounds epic wait a minute. <laughs> I know.
1: It sounds great. That that was how I felt too. And so basically they took seven of us and it was like a two-day trip. Like they paid for like our meals. We went to, like, we drove up from the city to Southampton. Um, we'd spent an entire day together as a group, like hanging out, um, stayed in this hotel. And I had like my roommate who I still talked to to this day, um, even though it's just for two days. And then the morning of we arrived to, I forgot where it was exactly, but it was somewhere in the Southampton. We arrived to get on the little boat well, like what are little boats called like to get to the big boat some kind of transport boat
0: a tender um, Is that yes
1: word? a tender yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on the morning of the trip it was canceled because the wind the sea conditions were too like too turbulent and they mm. couldn't get us out on the tender to the large boat because it was mm-hmm. pretty far out of um offshore mm-hmm. so it's still it gets better oh it gets it gets worse <laughs> so then because we were all super sad and wcs was like oh they're so sad they don't want us to leave without an experience we decide to go on a whale watching boat (laughs) do you know where this is going
0: no not yet okay i'm for the ride right now
1: (laughs) so some people in our group end up getting seasick
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and also i don't i this is my first time on a whale watching boat but It's, I thought the people said it was pretty common for people in the back to be vomiting off like the back of the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there was just a bunch of vomiting and puking, and that basically was our day. It was very interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're gonna do, did you see whales at least?
1: No, we did not.
0: (laughs) Oh, you got skunked on the sharks. Yes, we did. Yes, we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It It was such a whirlwind.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a, a fun story and an interesting day on the water.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it really reels people in. They're like, first they stop me. They're like, "Wait, what? You got to tag sharks?" I'm like, "Oh wait, no, 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 not yet."
0: No. It was dangled tantalizingly in front of me, and it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, O Search super cool stuff that they do, especially on their Instagram. Wow,
0: like just their Instagram is amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. It really is. I will put a link to that in the show mm-hmm. notes as well. It's incredible. Yay. So, before we wrap up here, you mm-hmm. are a bit of a book aficionado. And I love that because I'm a total self claimed book nerd. <laughs> and you were mentioning before we started recording that you had some marine bio book wrecks or ocean book wrecks. And you mentioned the jellyfish one earlier. Do oh, you have? Yes. Paper?
1: Oh, I'm forgetting the name. I have to, like, go on my Goodreads. But the Jellyfish one, definitely. I can give you a list after this that has a bunch of the recommendations. Okay. Um, also, so many, like, environmental books. Okay, there's this environmental it's, – it's not really environmental. It's basically a young adult book, but that uses this environmental issue of, like, droughts in California and water scar- scarcity. And sure. it uses it as a plot of the book. And basically, it's kind of just, like – I feel like it's propaganda because when you read it, you're just so scared, you're like, okay, we need to like do something about this. And it's like fictionalized, so it exaggerates everything, but to a point where it's like so it's like so realistic. Like you're like, okay, this has to be real. Like this has to be something that could happen in our future. Um, so yeah, I will definitely give you a list of those. I can't think of any now, but that book that I'm talking about is called Dry by Neil Schusterman. Everyone has to read it. It's amazing. All
0: right. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. And I will definitely get the list. And like I said, put it in the show notes. I'm very curious what your recommendations are.
1: Yeah. For, oh, my God. So many good. I feel like the best books are usually I feel like sometimes when I read when I look at a book, and I know like it's brain biology, it gets uh, I have to like, there has to be a balance of like narrative, like fiction, and then like nonfiction, like it can't just be nonfiction all the way or unless like, I can just read like scientific articles.
0: Right. Right. Like we chatted about earlier, you know, science is lovely, but sometimes it's, it's a little dry to read. Even Mm -hmm. scientists have a problem with it. So it's lovely when you can put some sort of anecdotes or narratives in it to keep it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Awesome. And
1: like, make it applicable for like a general audience who, like, usually doesn't have a very like, advanced Mm -hmm. scientific knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. So we emailed back and forth a little bit before getting on Mm -hmm. and I always like to put an ask for the audience at the end of the show. What is your ask? You had a really great one.
1: Oh man. Oh wait, wait, wait. I have to get it. (laughs) (laughs) It was not. Oh, I was not prepared for this. (laughs) Okay. I have it. Okay. So my ask is after listening to this episode, um, what's the one thing that you can do to help achieve your career goals? That could be anything from like maybe sending out like one cold email a week or just uh like doing more research like dedicating more time to do research maybe uh perhaps we suggested a coffee research study date with somebody or a friend you know that can mm-hmm. that's that's good but
0: yeah okay. that's a great ask kind of gives people you know mm-hmm. we talk about branching out into the community but what's next for you and what how can you better yourself mm-hmm. or move your career along. I love it. And you yeah. had lots of gold nuggets in this episode for how to do that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So what's next for you, Alex?
1: What is next for me? I I have no idea where I'm going. I have a bunch of, uh, I have that email that I have to go back to at the end of this <laughs> semester about REUs that I should apply to. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm definitely passionate about marine biology and like I said I'm just doing undergrad here but in the long term I do have plans to go to like grad school maybe at the University of Miami or like um oh wait actually I next semester I want to study abroad um mm. to this yeah for this program called C semester and it's where they like yes. have you heard of it?
0: You live on a boat.
1: Yes and you yes. it's like direct research and I think the one that I want to do is research in the Caribbean. Yes, yes. I believe so.
0: Yes. Um, my, my friend did, she mm-hmm. taught on a semester boat in the Caribbean a few years oh ago. My God, yeah. yeah.
1: I just, that's so oh, yeah, I forgot about that, but I haven't applied yet. So
0: awesome. Well, I wish you luck with that. I've everyone I've talked to from the program mm-hmm. loves it and raves about it. And <laughs> it's going to be a lovely experience for you. Um, what? I didn't even ask you. How far mm-hmm. along are you in college?
1: Oh, I'm a sophomore.
0: All right. You yeah, got to rest- oh, you get more internships under your belt. Oh,
1: my God. Honestly, I, I'm very excited for, like, being a college student gives you so much power because um, it, it's, like, the pr- I feel like it's the prime. I feel like high school I had a lot of opportunities, but as a college student, like, it's where your people are mostly looking at you because they want your input and they also want to, I mean the young adults so yeah
0: excellent well i can't wait to see where you go and what hap- what's next for you and follow along in your journey if the audience wants to connect with you or follow along where can they reach you
1: um you can reach me i you can reach me on my instagram i definitely because i run like a instagram account um that i do a lot of work on like you can easily dm me there just like i dmed for this podcast mm-hmm. um And yeah, if you're ever looking for someone to help out with internship, like looking for something, I know it can be really hard at first. And it's kind of overwhelming because you see all these, you get kind of bogged down by seeing everyone get these amazing opportunities. And you're like, okay, your immediate thought is like, how can I get that? But like, you don't really put in actionable um, time and like resources to find that. But definitely if you need help with anything like that, I love doing it. It is like, it gives me joy. (laughs)
0: that's such a wonderful thing that you can offer
1: (laughs) we need more of that in the world
0: this is true this is true well i will put a link to all of everything we've talked about and how you can connect with alex in the show notes would be marinebio.life backslash alex alex thank you so much for being on the show this was an amazing chat and i think people will get a lot of value out of it
1: yeah, thank you so much. I ha- I'm so glad there's that there's things like this because I actually found you found this podcast from a marine biology account that I followed. I don't remember the name, but I think it's like Marine Biology Life uh, mm-hmm. like, with uh, yeah. Dan
0: Moore and uh, Emily Cunningham.
1: Yes, and I like they they were on the podcast, and I'm like, okay, check out this podcast. And then I found out this whole system, and I'm like, oh my god, there's like people that talk about marine biology like on social media, but <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I just thought
0: out about it. Awesome. Well, I, I thank you for listening and thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for listening. We chatted quite a bit in this episode about zoos. If the zoo and aquarium world interests you, please check out the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, or AZA. I have a link in the show notes at marinebio.life backslash alex. I'm currently reading Spineless, the jellyfish book that Alex recommended, and it's great. It's nonfiction, contains a lot of information, but it's an easy read. It was a really, really great recommendation on Alex's part, and it's given me a whole new perspective and appreciation for jellies and other nadarians. We have an episode coming up where we chat about nadarians, so stay tuned for that. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'd love to hear any insight you've gleaned. Leave a comment in the show notes or send me an email over at marinebio.life. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. If you want more resources for ocean news, including conservation topics and careers, plus personal insight from me that I just don't share anywhere else, join me at marinebio.life and sign up for email updates. Keep after your dreams and making waves in your community. One person can make a difference. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time on the So You Want to Be a Marine Biologist podcast.